You're listening to the Unpacking It Live podcast, presented by MetaShare. Each week, Bryce, Luke, and Henry unpack sports, faith, and life with the goal of challenging, encouraging, and inspiring you to follow Jesus and become more like Him. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here's your host, Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It Live podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. Sad, disappointed, but I'm here. And I'm here with Luke and Henry for the next hour or so as we unpack sports, faith, and life with you and the unpacking it community of sports fans. As you know, I am a Duke fan. And as you can imagine, this was a challenging weekend for me. But I've got a lot to share. I've got a lot to hopefully uh, encourage all of us with. A lot of topics, a lot, lot of different storylines to unpack. Not only about Saturday's games, but also we've got a national championship tonight. Kansas, UNC, very intriguing. But after Saturday night, it's also a little bit of a letdown, I will say, especially for me and trying to determine, okay, do I stay up late to watch this? All right, I better, of course. But who do I root for? Do I go with the team that just knocked Duke out? Or do I go with Luke's favorite team, Kansas? So we'll uh, we'll hear from him in just a moment. Also, I've got a, a crazy story from the weekend, too, involving our church carnival, a bounce house, and me becoming The Rock. Yeah, let that soak in. Stick around for that story. Uh, and then during Unpack This, I will talk about UNC. And yes, I will give them some love. And also, we will use the way UNC has played throughout this tournament as an example and a parallel for us in how we live our lives or how we could live our lives or how we should live our lives uh, because of Jesus. And so there's some, some similarities there uh, that we will unpack. Let me thank our presenting sponsor, MetaShare. So thankful for them and their partnership. MetaShare is an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality. MetaShare is a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. They've been around more than 25 years. My wife and I, we've been a member for over five years, and MetaShare has provided us with an affordable and effective way to pay for health care and encourage you to go to MetaShare.com slash unpacking it to find out if, if you can save some money each month to figure out if MetaShare is the right fit for you. Uh, again, that's MetaShare.com slash unpacking it. All right, Luke, we will begin with I'm convinced, and here's how I'm feeling today. All right, actually, how are you doing, Luke? You good? You're fired up for tonight. You must be muted. I can't hear you. So unless you've just totally lost your voice and wow. excitement and preparation for tonight's game. Um, I'm trying to toe the line between excitement and acknowledging the morning that you're in right now. So 
Uh, I'll throw it back to you because I am. I was thinking of you during that game. I would love Thank to you. know what you are convinced of, your thoughts. You've been processing the last day. So let's hear it. So Saturday, I'll, I'll give you a little overview first. So going into Saturday night, I was absolutely convinced that Duke was going to win. I didn't think it was possible that Duke could lose this game. I bought the storybook ending. I bought the chance at redemption. All of that seemed to be going in Duke's direction in favor, and it was setting up for a great sports story. And as a Duke fan, of course, that's what I I wanted to see, expected to see. And it ended up being a tremendous game. So we we have to start with how amazing the game was. For, For a game to live up to the hype is oftentimes hard to do, regardless of the sport. But when you you add the the level that it was in the Final Four, the rivalry, the the, the finality of, of Coach K's final year and ultimately becoming his final game, all of that was there. And then New Orleans has all this great college basketball history, which I didn't necessarily connect all those dots, but then kind of leading up just all the, the famous shots, the Michael Jordan shots and all, all the different moments over the years to then get another big game like we had Saturday night for it to come down to the wire and throughout the game there were so many moments where I thought it was the turning point and I was watching the game with my my brother and my dad and I was yelling uh like uh, what did I say no no turning back or like this is it this is we're, we're going there's no turning back there's we're not losing the lead after this I had to say it I can't remember what it was now but I just kept I kept thinking because Duke would get up by a few baskets they get a little bit of momentum but Carolina kept answering, kept answering. Mm-hmm. And they came up with more answers and more big shots and more big moments, more big rebounds. And, and it was extremely impressive with what they were able to do. And, and Duke just could never turn that corner because I kept waiting for them to pull away, not just win the game. I kept waiting for Duke to actually pull away. Yep. Going in, we knew they were more talented and all that sort of thing. Well, it um, looked like they were going to. In the second did. half, they, were, they went up seven. And it looked like we are on the brink of Duke pushing the score here. And then Carolina went on a quick 10 or 11-0 run. And I'm thinking... It just happened! Yeah, so from a non... From a, from a fan who did not have his team in that game, that's one of the best basketball games I have ever seen in my life. The, the rivalry, the animosity, the respect... The game itself, I don't think I've ever seen a more back-and-forth game. What, oh, 19 but- or so lead changes? Both teams hit unbelievable shots down the stretch. To see players battle it out. UNC basically did made no substitutions at all. They just played their <laughs> starters. Until poor Baycott got injured at the yes, end. And, and that, that's a whole other incredible thing. But the back-and-forth, I've never seen a game like that. And it was a pleasure to watch that game. But I know for you, it's different because you're watching your team. It's hard to appreciate how great of a game it is to an extent because there's also the stress of, I want my team to win. But from a non-Duke or UNC fan, that game was unbelievable. It was, it was amazing. It, it was a, a lot of fun and also extremely heartbreaking. And, and one of those games, this happens every once in a while in sports where you just convince yourself 
of what the outcome is going to be. And then when it's not that, it's hard to believe. It's hard to, like, you, you, I'm even waking up Sunday morning, you're like, wait, did that really happen last night? I was yeah. even waking up throughout the night thinking about it. <laughs> like, it was, I mean, it was just crazy. You're just going over, like, wait, what just happened? And this truly is the end of Coach K. And wait, that's how he's going to go out. And, and so it was wild. And so um, here are, though, a few of the things that I'm convinced of following the game. And would love to know what you're convinced of today. You can leave your comments uh, it, wherever you're watching right now, and you can send me an email later as well. But, but I, have to, I have to take a little bit of a look at the, all of the dynamics, especially with the fans. Because being a Charlotte, growing up as a Duke guy, going head-to-head with UNC fans my whole life, this week especially was – that was the case, and now I'm on the wrong side of this for so you sure. Were, you were chirping a little bit? You were chirping uh, your buddies? I'll, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. But first, I'm convinced that UNC fans were more pleased about Duke losing than UNC winning. Now, I don't know if they would admit that, but they just loved the fact that the, the Duke fans were miserable, that Coach K was miserable and disappointed, and, and that those players had to walk off the court without shaking hands in misery, right? And so they loved that. I don't even know, I don't even know if they like were thinking about the championship or care about the championship. They they just wanted to beat Duke and and yeah. and and ultimately see Duke not be able to accomplish the storybook ending. That was well, their main motivation. They from fans, at least yeah. from a fan's perspective. And it's also fascinating that this season for the Tar Heels is a win already. Oh, if yeah. they if they lose tonight, normally the team that loses in the championship game never gets remembered. No matter how great of a season you had, you don't get remembered. You remember the winner. This UNC team is will forever be remembered, no matter how tonight goes. And that that's pretty spectacular. That is very rare. It is. And the fact that this type of powerhouse blue blood would be in this unique situation, which we'll unpack a little bit more later. But the fact that tonight's game for, for UNC fans, of course they want to win. But I don't think they will be nearly as disappointed as you would expect or in a normal circumstance with, with UNC. Like, it's mm-hmm. championship or bust. That's the type of program they are. And they win. They've, they've won six. They're going for their seventh tonight. But, but it doesn't feel that way that – this you know this huge letdown if Carolina happens to lose tonight because mm-hmm. they just beat Duke. It was all about beating Duke, and and so we'll we'll talk more about tonight's game tonight on the show as well. But here's I'm also convinced that sports shouldn't ruin your life, and the fact that this game was built up to the level that it was set us up as Duke fans and Carolina fans for that matter. But as Duke fans, it set us up to be absolutely miserable hmm. yesterday today and the foreseeable future when talking about college basketball. But that's not that's not what sports should be. We we have to we have to view it bigger than this. And and of course from a as a follower of Jesus, as a husband, as a father, all of those things are are more important. And 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 so that's the 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 lens that I have to look at. Now, was I bummed? Absolutely. Like it's yeah. it's a bummer. Yeah, but, but easier said than done. What you're saying right now? Absolutely, absolutely. But but here's the thing. Just because you're more mad or more upset or you're trying to be miserable because of the loss, that doesn't mean you care more. I like hmm. j- to me that there has to be a separation of this, and this is what I've been wrestling with because I still care. I wanted Duke to win. I absolutely did. 
but I'm not the one that missed the free throws. I'm not the one that put Mark Williams in free throw uh, trouble and foul trouble. Um, I'm not the one that, that couldn't take over the game at the end. I was at home on my couch eating cookies and pizza at 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night. It was delicious. Um, and so, so I, so for me to beat myself up or to be miserable to me, isn't the answer sports at its best. When our teams win, we get to experience the joy now, but the reality is the reason we get to experience all that joy and that fun is because we put ourselves out there and the chance of disappointment is also there. And yeah. so that's, that's the, the rub as sports fans. And especially with all the hype that, that went into this game, it, it set me up for that. Um, and so that's the risk that we take every time we watch our favorite team, because we know that if they win, we get to experience this great joy, but if yeah. they lose, it's the disappointment. But with that said, I just don't think we can accept that it should absolutely derail us. And that, that some of my friends like the, that are Carolina fans, they haven't even reached out to me probably because they think, well, he's probably so upset and so devastated. Yeah, I am. <laughs> But I'm also a, a 35-year-old f- husband and father who <laughs> my eternity is secure. I'm good. Yeah. I- I'm going to be fine. Yeah. I had a wonderful weekend. Now, it doesn't take away from, from the, the heartache, the temporary heartache. But Duke will be back. They'll be fine. They got the number one, number one recruiting class. <laughs> also, with that said, again, I'm wrestling with all this. And maybe you can relate. Everybody can relate in some way. But at the same time, UNC owns this rivalry. The, the, the rivalry is over for the foreseeable future. And that, that almost hurts the worst. Like, I have mm. nothing to say to try to defend Duke to UNC fans at this point. They, they own it. They got it. They can walk around very proud. Yeah. So I can take down my J- Jason Williams jersey. Forget about it. Now, I mean, of course, I still, I, 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 last week I was like, well, my sports fandom, my fandom for Duke is on the line. In some ways it is in, in the sense that, I can't be as proud uh, going up against Carolina fans anymore after these last two wins that they, that they got. They, mm. they, they own it for, for, for a little while. Doesn't yeah. mean forever because Duke can win a couple more championships and, and hopefully even things out. But well, so you, you got to keep the jersey on the wall, unlike the Panthers, where you turn the light on the Panthers midway through the season. It's, Duke still made still the final off. four. Oh, now we got, yeah, now we got balls falling. I think everywhere. I want to circle back to your point. If we're, as sports fans, if we're more upset than the players, eh, there's probably an issue. <laughs> we got to remember, all like you had pizza and cookies. I was slurping back some Dr. Pepper and eating ice cream. And I'm feasting while watching this game uh, on TV. So, yes, sports fans were passionate. But if we're more upset than the players who actually played the game, than the coaches who actually coached in the game, uh, we may need to uh, <clears throat> address where our where our values, what what matters most to us. Um, so it's it's balancing being disappointed and upset, and then realizing okay, there's way more to life than this, and not overlooking. This is something I'm trying to improve on. Is I don't want to be Mister Negative, pessimistic sports fan, even if my team loses. For you, you still got to watch a great game. If, if you're so upset that you can't even appreciate the great game you watched, then, I mean, sport, being a sports fan isn't worth it because every year we're going to be disappointed. The, statistically, we are always going to be crushed every single year. So we got to learn to enjoy 
the moments even when our team loses, which is difficult. And I, it's easy for me to say Kansas is in the championship game tonight, so we'll see what I'm saying on Monday. That's right. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, and again, it doesn't mean that I care any less. It's just that my no, my care yeah. is in, in in a larger perspective. And sports, really, it should just be – it brings a, an added bonus to our lives. If sports yeah. is our life, then we're missing out on life. But if sports <laughs> are the added fun and it, it gave me an excuse to have my, my brother and dad over and we had a nice night together. And so mm-hmm. in, the, in the midst of a busy schedule to say, hey, let, yeah, let's watch the game together, that's, that's fun. So then it's, it's worth it. And it gave me an excuse last week to call all of my friends who are Tar Heel fans. And unfortunately, I have way too many Tar Heel friends. I, I, need, to, I need to reevaluate. If anything else, I need to yeah. reevaluate my, my friendships. But, um, but I was on the phone last week with, with Tar Heel fans, and I, I'm the idiot for calling them all, telling them that, yeah, I think Duke's going to win by 10. So that's on me. So if anything, that's – that's where I made the mistake. No, I didn't miss two crucial free throws. No, I wasn't the ref calling every ticky-tack foul in the first half. No, but I was the guy who thought, oh, yeah, Duke wins by 10. Way too cocky, way too confident. And I'm dealing with the ramifications of that. That's, mm. that's, where, that's where it's at. Um, <laughs> one, one other thing is, you know, any criticism of Coach K is, is a little laughable at this point. The guy's 75 years old, and he's yeah. going out in a Final Four. Can we a pause final there four. for a second? 75 years old, and he's able to still coach at the Division One level for an entire season. The travel, the stress, the hours logged. Think of how many 75-year-old men you know that spend eight hours a day in their recliner. That, that's what's normal. Not doing what he does at 75. So that alone is remarkable. I do also need to say one thing. Was watching Get Up this morning on ESPN. And one of the segments was, how will this loss affect Coach K's legacy? Stop it right there. And I just had to, I had to call time out right there. Well, first I had, I turned off the show because what are we even talking about here? There's there's nothing in the past three years that could have affected his legacy. Like, what, what are we talking about? Yeah. Well, that's the same show that can't stop talking about LeBron James every day. Get over it. The season's over for the Lakers. Move on. There's all these other great storylines in the NBA. I like the Lakers. Yeah. I'm a LeBron guy, but move on. They stink. It didn't work. Move on. So instead, it took him an hour. I fast forwarded this morning because I was watching during lunch to see when they talked about the Duke Carolina game. It took like an hour in. What are we doing here? Yeah, that was a phenomenal game. Everybody watched it Saturday night too. The ratings were through the roof. So, uh, so anyway, that was that was great. Um, but but again, the fact that Coach K goes out in a Final Four, let's just compare it to other old coaches. Like, think about that. How many coaches went out in a strong sense? Mm-hmm. Right now, was it disappointing? Sure, he wanted to go out with a championship. But how many seventy-five-year-olds are going out with a championship when they know it's their last season? That's a difference. Now, it's one thing if you like win it all and you're like, ah, I'm good. I'm done. I'm gonna, I'm gonna retire. No, he went in before the season. Hey, this is my final year. I'm gonna give it one great last effort. And sure enough, that last great effort took them all the way to the final four. And unfortunately, it couldn't have ended any worse in the sense you lose to your arch rival. You can never make that up. But still, for for a 75-year-old to do that was pretty good. Um, yeah. I, I, I will add this. If there is some criticism, I'm not sure that Coach K can coach as well during a game. Meaning, 
he can't stand up and walk the sidelines like he used to, like Hubert Davis can, like, like a lot of the younger coaches can. And so to me, there's a little bit of a disadvantage with that. Um, and if you've, if I've told you before, I'll, I'll tell you a million times, I don't like the setup when the games are in a dome and the coach is disconnected from the players. He didn't have John Shire in his ear, which mm-hmm. to me is key too. Um, yeah. So that was a letdown uh, in that regard as well. Um, and so well, I think, yeah. yeah. Games in, in, in football stadiums in general should be outlawed. We need to throw those in the trash because one, <laughs> the players, it, that's a great point on the value, the value of having assistance in your ear all game yeah, long. Tremendous. So overlooked, especially for Duke with Shire's Shire is the guy now. So, yeah. I mean, assistant coach on like to the next level, but as a fan, you can't see anything. You're sitting miles away, binoculars. <laughs> Wait, who scored? What number is he? Wait, which team has the ball? It's atrocious. I mean, I get you make a lot more money selling out a football stadium, but come on. It is so atrocious for the – and I've been. 2018 Final Four, you can't, you can't tell. The court is microscopic. <laughs> so that, that bugs me so much, Seeing, especially on TV or watching. The fans go back for miles it's like, what are we doing here? It's, it's, but that, but that's on them. If they want to pay and sit there, I, you know. I know, but, and I guess that's on me for going, but. Yeah, but yeah, the atmosphere, yeah. and then I just want the players right there on the sideline. We, we saw this the whole the whole season, the whole tournament. And then, the, then for the final two games, it's not that way. I miss that. And I do think it hurt Coach K a little bit more because he is 75 to not have his, his other assistant coaches right there with him to be able to get up and down and run the sidelines and all that kind of thing. He's just at a disadvantage with that. So, yeah, but let's give, let's give UNC credit. I'm not, I'm not here to uh, take anything away from UNC they, to, to do it in both of these games is remarkable. And so let, let's, let's transition into our segment. Unpack this each week on the show. We take a sports story related to the Bible, related to our own lives. We also send out devotionals Monday, Wednesday, Friday. If you haven't subscribed to our email devotional, check it out unpackingit.com slash subscribe unpackingit.com slash subscribe subscribe for free and then also when you read them pass them on send them to your friends and ask them to subscribe as well uh encourage them to do that we we just want to be an encouragement uh to sports fans and i'll admit today was a, a tough one to write in regards to having to write about unc winning and of course i would have loved to have written a devotional about Duke's big win and the storybook ending and all that sort of thing, but that's not the case. It ended up, the game lived up to the hype, and now UNC tonight, they get to take on Kansas, and let's think about what UNC has has done throughout this tournament. You know, Caleb Love, another huge performance. I mean, his ability to knock down just deadly threes, ridiculous. And then Brady Manick, uh, just a, a sharp shooter. It's impressive. He can he can hit tough shots as well. And then the domination on the boards from Armando Baycott, so impressive, so impressive. And and so and then you, you talk about Hubert Davis, who you know I love. Uh, he's done a phenomenal job preparing, motivating, coaching his guys. But what stands out above all of what they've done, just practically on the court, is how they've done it. And this was especially evident Saturday night. UNC has played free, relaxed, without fear, without pressure. They're just having fun. 
And even before the game, I, I read this. Hubert Davis, he told ESPN's Reese Davis, who he used to be on College Game Day with, uh, he said this. He said, and we get to play against Duke. That's not pressure for fans and for other people. They think that's anxiety, that's pressure, or that's a trump card. There's no pressure, Reese. There's joy and excitement that, wow, we put ourselves in a position to be able to experience that. And so UNC, they're in this unique position as a powerhouse program that was actually overlooked, questioned, doubted, based on, you know, during the season, they had brutal losses. They had underrated players, a rookie head coach, and they even had to fight to just get into the tournament. They get an eighth seed. And here they are playing in the national championship game. And so because of all of that, they were allowed to play loose or that allowed them to play loose. And they didn't have the heavy expectations, the stress, the weight placed on them to go win a championship. It just wasn't there. Now, we could argue that that should always be the case for UNC. And, you know, that freedom that they had to be able to play this year without a lot of those expectations, it didn't give them an excuse to play poorly because they're still held to the UNC standard, but, but rather it motivated them in this tournament to play outstanding basketball. And so there's always pressure on UNC to beat Duke. Anytime those two teams are, are on the same court, you better believe there's pressure to win. But the weight of that game on Saturday, it, it was on Duke. Now, you could feel the, the, the intensity, but the weight was on Duke. Losing was not an option for Duke. If UNC lost, it was, ah, it's Duke's year. It's Coach K's final season, no big deal. But for Duke, the pressure was on them. And so they had the weight. And, and Duke was the team with all the, the highly recruited players, the, the NBA draft prospects, and the, the, you know, the more considered talented team. Um, and so that's what was, was on, you know, the, the weight for, for Coach K. Now, that's got to be tough for, or, or for those players because they were playing for you know the, the pressure to perform for Coach K. And so imagine being an 18 to 21-year-old with that kind of weight, that kind of pressure. That, that's tough. Um, and so instead, UNC, on the other end, they were able to play with freedom, joy, peace, minimal pressure, and it allowed them to then hit clutch shots get the stops on defense, get grab crucial rebounds, and that ultimately resulted in a humongous win. What a great word, humongous. Uh, but it, just a humongous win. And so how does this relate to our own lives, right? How does it relate? Well, as followers of Jesus, our outlook, our approach, our demeanor, and the way we live our lives should actually reflect similarly to how UNC has played in this tournament. We can live free, relaxed, with peace and joy instead of stress and fear. That's because when Jesus went to the cross and rose again on our behalf, he took the pressure off of us to, to, to perform. And, and, and so he carried the weight and the wrath of sin so that we could experience freedom from it. And now, as followers of Jesus, when we place our hope and trust in him, our eternity is secure. And so why are we putting any pressure or weight on ourselves. It's not from him. He's removed that so we can live freely. And, and so we're not bound by previous mistakes or we're not expected to, to do everything exactly right to prove we're good enough. But as it says in the Bible, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, 
but because of his mercy. And in in Galatians, it reminds us, so Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free. and Don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. So we don't have to be caught up in perfection or, or, or trying to do everything exactly right to earn salvation. No, we have the freedom that Christ gives us. We're free from the, 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 the punishment and wrath of sin. And so now we, day to day, as followers of Jesus, we get to experience the joy and excitement of life with Christ and the peace that comes from knowing that our eternity is secure. And so, you know, just like UNC, they got to still live up to that, that standard. It didn't give them a, it didn't give them a free pass to, to have a bad season. No, and same thing for us. Because of this freedom, it doesn't mean that we have an excuse to just live sinfully. No, no, no. We're still held to a, to a standard as, as believers, but this freedom then motivates us to pursue holiness and to go, quote-unquote, hit clutch shots. And, and so Galatians, it says, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. And so today, the encouragement for all of us in the midst of my pain as a Duke fan, that we can embrace what God has done for us and the freedom we have in Christ. So let's stop living uptightly, stressed, worn out with the pressure to perform, but instead we can enjoy the wins along the way to our eternal life with him because of Jesus. And and so in, in Romans, it says, But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and in its end, eternal life. And its end, eternal life. So there you go. You can unpack that. Hopefully that's encouraging. It it keeps me going uh, in the midst of the the disappointment. Uh, But but Luke, when when you think about freedom in, in your own life, how does your life look differently when you're embracing that freedom uh, and and embracing the, the the lack of pressure that we don't we don't have to carry anymore the weight that we don't have to carry anymore. Gosh, I mean, <clears throat> that was re- really encouraging hearing what you, you were saying and that that really helpful sports and faith analogy. So I think in my life, this is something I've been <clears throat> trying to you know pray through recently. Is there's just an, a greater intimacy and fellowship with God when we process and spend time thinking about God viewing us as an adopted son or daughter that he loves because he's chosen to love us. I was reading through John 6 this morning, and Jesus says the work of God is that you'd believe in him, that those anyone who believes in the name of Jesus will have eternal life, and that's it. That's all that's necessary is just believing and trusting in the work that God has done through his son. And I can relate to God. I can look at God and fellowship with him because he's chosen to love me. That frees me up to live. Mm. The freedom and the pressure-free life I have knowing that there's nothing I could do to be saved and there's nothing I need to do to keep my salvation. Um, like God's given me his spirit because of faith in Jesus, and his spirit is going to continue to make me more like Christ. But there's just a freedom and an intimacy and fellowship with God, knowing that God loves me because he's chosen to love me out of his great grace and mercy. And I just get to live and enjoy that. I don't have to worry in the back of my mind, well, what if I don't do this? Or what if I mess up here? No, it's already been settled. 
I've been adopted as a son because of God's favor towards me. And that is, that's something I, I feel like it, that's a huge, I'm experiencing just a small amount of that. There's so much more intimacy and fellowship as I continue to think through that. And I, I'll probably have to continue trusting in that more and more and more until the day I die. But it, it just frees me up so much. Amen. And, and yeah, I mean, I just, as I continue to think about the way, even going into tonight's game, there's no pressure on UNC to win. It's on Kansas. Kansas, on paper, has more talented players. They're, they're coming off a, a, maybe a more convincing win against Villanova and even a convincing win against Miami. And so Carolina comes into this championship game. They're, they're playing with house money. They're loving life. And, and so for us to, to be able to go in to each day with, man, I'm just going to do the, 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 the best I can. I'm going to obey God. I'm going to love him well. And, and I know that he's, he's got me. I know that there's, there's, there, there's this freedom that I don't have to be bogged down by this, this pressure to perform, this weight of, of sin that's been lifted. Or, or whatever burdens even we have in our life. This probably goes even another topic, but we don't have to carry all the burdens either. We, we drop those off to Jesus as well, and he'll carry those burdens, just our day-to-day burdens as well. Um, and, and so, you know, trust me, I, I get stressed. I feel pressure in life. I feel weight. I feel the weight of leading a ministry and being a dad and a husband and all that kind of thing. And there, there's, a, there's a healthy respect to that there. And, you know, there's that's reality in many ways. So I'm not saying that, but at the same time in Christ, there's just so much freedom and lightness and joy and peace that we've got to embrace that, that that should supersede whatever is getting pushed on us and, and whatever pull we have toward performance and, and toward, oh, I'm just not good enough. I'm just not good enough. No, let it, let it go and just go out and shoot threes. Like Caleb love, just let it rip baby. Just go for it. He's unconscious. Even, I mean, he couldn't hit anything in the first half. He goes for 28 in the second half. So that's uh, so regardless of, of you know, who we used to be or the mistakes we've made in the past, there's freedom in Christ that's available to us, uh, and, and, and that's an amazing thing as well. So. Yeah, I just want to comment again. That pull to performance is real for all of us. I, even if you, like, you and I, in our minds, theologically, we know there's no need to perform. But practically, there's days where we, we feel this burden on, I need to be good enough, or what if I fail here? Oh, I can't, I can't possibly fail here, or this will be ruined. Or we wake up. The reality is you and I wake up, and for those who are in Christ, we wake up with eternity settled. Mm. And that should let us, that should take so much weight off our shoulders, knowing that the biggest question that needs to be answered what what happens when I die or what's out there that's bigger than me? We have that answered through because God has revealed that to us and God has saved us through his son, Jesus. And that's an amazing feeling. If I fail at something, okay, you know, I'm going to keep working hard, but that has nothing compared to uh, what is eternally true. There's no pressure on us to control our own destiny, to please man, to perform for God. None of that. There's none of that because God has adopted us as sons and daughters because he loves us. And that frees us up. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's, 
let's allow that to, to truly free us. And, and so a lot of times we're, we're in bondage to certain things and, and, and there's freedom in that too. Um, some of the sin that's, that's binding us and, and, and hold, we're clinging to, there's freedom in that sin too. So uh, go to the Lord and, and, and experience that freedom. So there's so, there's so many different ways to even look at this and, and, and we can go a lot of different directions, but we'll, we'll pause there, stop there for now. Um, but hopefully that's, a, that's an encouragement to you listening today. And again, if you want to read it and, and, and reflect on it more, and, and I think there's even a, another verse or two uh, in the devotional, uh, you can check that out. So be sure you subscribe, unpackingit.com slash subscribe uh, to receive the email devotional in your inbox Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So Wednesday, off to write about tonight's game. And so we will talk about the national championship. Luke is wearing his Kansas Jayhawks sweatshirt and so we'll uh we'll unpack that in a moment but luke let me let me let me get off track for for just a, a second because i i gotta share this story with you so on saturday you know of course it was all about duke carolina that night but because it was a late game i had plenty of time to be the family man that that i am um let that take priority and so saturday morning we had a neighborhood egg hunt so Maddie, you know, getting out there, grabbing some eggs. Uh, it was great. I ended like up a with all pre-Easter the- Easter egg hunt? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Easter egg hunt. Wow. Um, getting it done early. All right. Yeah, first, first weekend of April? Yeah, I guess so. I'm new to all this, you know, egg hunt. I, I haven't done an egg hunt, and I can't remember when. I guess I did one <laughs> last year, but yeah, I'm new to all this. But uh, but anyway, so we started off that with, with the day. Then later on, our church had this big community carnival. Yeah, I love a good carnival, a little... little uh, what do you call the, the tasty, uh, sugary treat? Cotton candy? Cotton candy. Oh, yikes. We got to put some respect candy. on cotton candy. I I, so what's this carnival? We, we got cotton candy. You, you petting the, the miniature horses. It's Tiny Tim <laughs> showing up. Not, not what what do was, we got here? There was a Ferris wheel. And so I'm thinking, ooh, the Ferris wheel, that's a little too scary. Like, I don't know if I can handle bringing my two-year-old on a Ferris wheel. I get scared enough, let alone bringing her on that. Who put this Ferris wheel together? I, I don't know. <laughs> Very so instead valid of a Ferris wheel, we had a nice little time on this roller skate rink. So I taught Maddie how to roller skate. Not that okay. she learned, but I at least started the process on that. Had a nice <laughs> little time there. Then we went over to the bounce house. Who doesn't like a good bounce house, right? So having a daughter that's on the younger end of the bounce house is a little nerve wracking. But there I was standing as the, the yep. hovering father uh, that I needed to be in this circumstance. Yep. I, I send her into the bounce house with you know, seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds. I mean, you send her out around. to the battlefield. That's what you're doing. That's dangerous. <laughs> but I was like, all right, it's better than the Ferris wheel. So I'm, I'm keeping a close eye on her. I'm, I'm within arm, arm's length. There's also a lady that's kind of keeping an eye on it as because well. Because you're in the bounce house? I'm not in there. No, 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 okay. no. I'm letting her, I'm giving her freedom. There's freedom there. So, um, but I'm there to protect her as well. And so I'm standing there. All of a sudden, I notice in the back of the bounce house, the kid is, there, there's, a, there's a, a boy kind of sinking a little bit. And I'm going, huh, what's he doing? Why is he leaning over there so much? And then all of a sudden, the bounce house starts caving in. <laughs> it is coming down on all sides. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, no, what is, what is happening? This is, this is outrageous. This is scary. And so <laughs> you know, what, what, my, my fatherly instincts kick in. Oh, yeah. I've got to get Maddie. I've got to get Maddie. I don't care who's in my way. I've got to get Maddie out of this bounce house. 
And so I, I'm, come on, come on, come out of this, you know, come out the main door. Maddie didn't come out the main door. I don't know what she was thinking. And so now I'm paying. All right. All right. So I got a rally. So there was another entrance up on the slide, like a little bouncy slide. So I wow. step up in there and I may or may not have pushed kids out of the way to, to grab, to oh, grab yeah. that. But, but what, all things are, all things are acceptable in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> but, but all of a sudden where my mind went, I don't know if you've seen San Andreas. It was funny. It was on last night, starring the rock where we're like, I can't even remember the exact story I saw, it, but it was like, you know, the, there was like an earthquake and everything. Yeah, huge everything fault happening. line. That, that was what was triggered in my <laughs> mind. I felt like I was the rock here <laughs> to save my daughter from the, the bounce house that was caving in and, and being destroyed. And sure enough, I got to her. I pulled her out to safety. She remained calm. And, and, and so I, I got her out. And then it finally clicked in too. Well, I hope all the other kids are okay as well. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so and once, once truly an afterthought. Yes, selfishly, my, my daughter was saved by, you know, me as The Rock, acting like The Rock in San Andreas or whatever, a number of his other movies as well. I feel like that's kind of a similar role for him. It's a good role. They're all fun. I, I like watching them all. Um, I don't know if I was Liam Neeson quite. It was more of The Rock. I felt more like The Rock in the, in yeah. the situation. Yeah. So, uh, so the other kids were fine. You know, it just the generator ran out of gas. You know, they got a little chintzy on the gas. They didn't want to pay five dollars a gallon, so I understand <laughs> it. So we we were cut short about thirty minutes. Yeah, you got you gotta have you gotta have a meeting with the old pastor this week to figure that one out. Hey, so, uh, we, we gotta invest in some more gas here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was all fine. They actually got it up and running again, but that was the end for Maddie. I'll, I'll put it that way. We weren't going back in. It was already risky enough. Um, so well, I'm just imagining slow motion. You you feel like you're the rock. The, the Superman chest, the shirt's off. He's going in. Oh, it's, man. It's special. Wow. I, I, it was probably the first moment I've really I felt like I saved her from something. But in reality, it really wasn't that dangerous. It's just, a, it's just an air. It's just a big air thing that slowly was dwindling down, and they would have been fine. Everyone was fine. Ah, you, could, you could probably have it fold on top of you, maybe, if you stay in the middle. Yeah, kind of. And there could have been some panic, like, oh, I can't get out, some claustrophobia, yeah. potentially. For the sake um, of the story, you're an absolute heroic figure. Yeah. I, uh, thank you. Fuel, I feel that fueled way. by cotton candy. That, that, was your, that, was, that was your fuel to save the day. <laughs> That's right. So if we've learned I, anything today, it's get some cotton candy, and you will somehow develop the rock strength from San Andreas. There it is. Absolutely. And so I was wearing all my Duke gear. Like I had my hat on my Duke shirt. We're taking pictures with the Easter bunny wearing my Duke shirt. And then, so I was a hero that day. Duke, Bancaro, not so much. Wendell Moore, not so much. Mark Williams, definitely not. Jeremy Roach, did he even play? I don't even know if I saw him out there. Did he play? Well, give Keels a little love. But no one was a hero on Duke. Caleb Love was a hero. And Bryce Johnson at the church carnival during the bounce out. You better believe it. So there you go. Um, we, right. we, may need, we may need to address the fear of uh, Ferris wheels. So you're not a roller coaster guy. No, I am a roller coaster guy. To me, that's safer than a Ferris wheel. I don't like the slow. It's too slow and too uh, too wobbly. And uh, yeah, send me on a on a speed you know speed car through <laughs> loop de loop. I'm ready to go. <laughs> speed car through the loop de loop. All right. Yeah. I've, I've actually I've been to a lot of uh, amusement parks over the years. Big, 
there was a season of my life, probably <laughs> high school, college, that I was Mr. Roller Coaster. We'll see wow. now as a dad how I handle it. I don't know. I get, I get a little, now my brain, you know, the, all the jostling. I'm not sure I can handle it anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm a lightweight. I'm soft. I've gotten soft and doughy. I'm not sure I can handle it. <laughs> but uh, one too many cotton candies. That's right. Uh, along the way. Yeah. Is, is cotton candy plural? I don't, candy? You can't really say cotton candies. Just cotton yeah, candy. Yeah, can't say candies. Cotton candy. Yeah. No. All right. So tonight, the national championship game. How are you feeling about your Jayhawks? I mean, they got to go in as the as the clear favorite. The emotions of of Carolina coming into this game has to be kind of challenging. Can they ride those emotions, or is it just too much? And it's a true letdown game. Um, Kansas, you know, are they just they just better? They might have the best player in the game with Abaji. Um, so he's kind of earned his way into the into the first round of the NBA draft as well. But maybe so. I'll tell yeah. you what. My perspective is this is the year of the KU Revenge Tour. 2018 Final Four, Villanova destroys KU. Got them back on Saturday. 1957, UNC beats Wilt Chamberlain and the Jayhawks in the, nas- in the national championship game. Tonight is revenge from 1957. So uh, I've been waiting a long time to get uh, our revenge, but... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm. I think regardless of who KU plays, I would be nervous. This is the balance I'm trying to find. I'm curious what everyone else thinks. As a sports fan, if your team is in the championship, are you more excited or more stressed? You you, you can't watch the game the same way as a neutral fan. As a neutral fan, I'm hoping for a close game and back and forth, which is what from my perspective, I got in the Duke-Carolina game. Absolutely. But tonight, if it's a close game, I feel like I quickly leave excitement mode that my team's in the final, and I enter stress mode. I'm just trying to survive the game and then celebrate after. So I'm trying to balance my emotions today. So I don't know. I mean, you, for the previous championships for Duke, I don't know how you've balanced that. Yeah, I know. Because probably for the most part, Duke has been the – the favorite in, in those situations. Uh, so it's, it's usually the pressure to win. Um, you know, I do find this Carolina team similar to the, uh, the 2010 Duke championship with like Brian Zubik and John Shire. It was a little surprising that that team won it all, but they were real. It was a team. It was real cohesive. Uh, so Carolina had, you know, Caleb love has been a star for sure. Manic has had his moments, but that's a team. I mean, those five, six guys that they run with very, yeah. very solid. Um, so as far as, you know, over the years, yeah, I mean, I feel the stress and the excitement, and that I understand what you're saying that 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 back and forth intensity. But to me, it's way more fun to have somebody in the game. You absolutely want you yeah. want your team there. It's way more fun and enjoyable to yeah. me. Whereas tonight, I'm just going to be the the bitter Duke fan. I think <laughs> we should be there. We should be there. Ah, we we beat both these teams tonight on tonight's game. We would do it. We just couldn't do it Saturday. Um, <laughs> I don't know what voice that is. Yeah, I was about to say, whose voice is that? 70-year-old, like, smoker woman. <laughs> Come on. They need to go get a lung here. check. <laughs> what are we doing? Um, yeah, that, that that came out of nowhere. Um, but, yeah, yeah. So, it, so tonight, I mean, normally I get excited for national championship games, championships, whatever sport it may be. Uh, but following that last game, it's tough. I'm, I'm not as excited as I normally yeah. would be. And I don't know who to root for. Who do I root for? So 
the, I, I to, one to your point, it is exciting to have your team in. I have butterflies today. After they after they beat Vill, after KU beat Villanova on Saturday, I was telling Madeline, "Oh my gosh, we're in the national championship game." And it was almost surreal telling myself that. And then today I woke up, I feel like I'm playing. Like it's game day. I've got butterflies. I'm nervous. That's all I can think about. So it is it is a fantastic feeling. It's almost like a euphoria. Like your team is in the championship game, which is a big deal. But you bring up a good a good a good point. Who do you root for? Are you a fan? This is a big question. Are you a fan that roots for your conference or your division or whatever that is? Or are you rooting against the team that beats your conference so for unc do you want the acc to win the national championship or do you want in all your heart the team that beat duke to lose so you so you can't so you can't hear it from unc fans all we're the best team in the conference that, yeah, that, that, not, that's a that's a difficult question for me so i'm not like mr acc guy there, there are a lot of those those people and i and i understand it to a certain extent i'm a duke i'm a duke guy so I just want Duke to win, and I don't necessarily care what the other teams do. However, like in this rivalry of Duke and Carolina, we want each other to be great. Like deep down, we want each other to be relevant. We want each other to be in championship contention. It just makes the rivalry better. If Carolina just stinks like the year they won eight games, it's fun for yeah. a little while, but then you don't want them to stay there. So yeah. you – and, and even like if it's great that Michigan finally beat Ohio State, it adds a little juice to that that rivalry again because yeah. Ohio State just kept winning. Then it doesn't even not a rivalry anymore. Yeah, so, exactly. But with a championship for Carolina, they get number seven. Now that that puts a little further distance between Duke and Carolina, and especially how they've gotten there, knocking out Duke twice. Um, that I don't love that. So so I'm a little hesitant in in that regard. But it's been fun over the years. Carolina wins one year. Duke wins one year. They're, they're one's in the Final Four. The other's in the Final Four. Now, this year, they're both in the Final Four. Mm-hmm. So, so that's all fun. And, like, it was cool when Virginia won. I liked Virginia. I was glad Tony Bennett won. But yeah. did they represent the ACC? Uh, but yeah, to a certain extent. But I'm not sure that I – I'm not going to take any credit for it, <laughs> you know? Mm. Well, my team's in the ACC. And it's almost a secondary thing. So. Mm. But there are conference guys. To me, yeah. with all the realignment and stuff, the conferences aren't the same anymore. The same. So, um, so anyway, I I lean. I like Hubert Davis, and I, I seriously, I have, some of my best friends are Carolina fans, and so it's like part of me is happy for them. But like we talked about a few months ago, sometimes I root against my friends just so I don't have to hear about it. So it's it is a wrestling thing, and I don't I don't really know until the game starts. I'll get kind of a feel for. Who I'm, who I'm pulling for. I'm also more familiar with yeah. UNC. I know these guys. I was True. like I told you, I was wearing a headband like Brady Manic. So I got <laughs> a little, I got a little connection with Manic. I don't know. I will say there, there's hard out last Saturday. Kansas needs this win. Kansas, Kansas only has three. Uh, only is a relative term, but three national championships all time. And if they get a fourth, that helps them climb the ladder and tied with UConn. But for how great of a power, I mean, Kansas, the most Division One wins ever. They're consistently amazing. But compared to Carolina, Duke, UCLA, even less than UConn. So this would be, this would be a big win for KU to add another championship and make it four all time. Um, because it's, I mean, 52, 
88 and 2008. So there needs to be another ring. Yeah, I agree. And I know I'm sure you love Bill Self, but there, he needs another one. It's a, it's a, even thinking he's you already think in so the Hall to, of Fame. To solidify himself, you, he needs another one? I think so. I, I think he's mm. I think he's a touch overrated. Now, I know they win a lot of games. So but... you're anti Calipari then? Calipari would have to be overrated. Oh my goodness. With that logic. It's, it's unbelievable how overrated he is as a college basketball coach. Now, as an NBA deliverer of talent True. <laughs> or recruiter, yeah, he's as good as it gets. Yeah. But to me, it's about winning championships and in final final fours. And and Coach K, of course, hyped this up, but I actually agree with him. Winning that you know, that uh, side of the bracket, the region, re- winning the region, that's a big deal. To get to a Final Four and there's 68 teams and you're one of four, yep. that, that's a huge, that's a huge deal. And, and and teams should take, you know, pride in that. Yeah, you're a champion. Sure. You're, yeah. Uh, Coach, you're a champion if you make the Final Four. That's why making the Final Four is a win. And if you make the Final Four, your season is, is a success. So, yeah, I, I'm definitely not about watering down a Final Four berth. No. Um, but again, and, for a powerhouse like Kansas, you probably some... need another one. And this year, I mean, the the COVID year where the tournament was canceled, KU was going to be the number one overall seed. Yeah. They've been saying we they want to win this for those guys, for Azubuki, for Dotson. Uh, so this is almost like there's a I little bit of a guys. chip on KU's shoulder to get this one. I don't. I don't know if Ku needs this or Bill Self needs to solidify himself, um, especially compared because Calipari has had way more talent than Bill Self has at Kansas. Um, no question. I think over the years, but this would go a long way to for Bill Self to make the extreme short list on multiple championship winning coaches. That's yeah. a very short list. So. It really is. Nah, so he, he, he would be in, in some, some special company for sure. And All selfishly, right. I want KU to win so I can get a really cool KU championship mug because my <laughs> mom has the one from 2008, and I'm, I love it so much. I've been telling mm-hmm. Madeline all week, please KU win so I can get a really cool coffee mug because my mom has the one from 08, and it's killing me. It's the little things. It's, it's the, the little things. things. We're, we're going to talk about that actually in tap drill uh, when it comes to the master. So we'll do that in just a moment, but – Let's get to our MetaShare moment of the week, and we'll, we'll deviate from the college basketball talk for a moment. Uh, we'll go to the NFL, and this news is a special moment to, to think about. Frank Gore is going to retire and sign a one-day contract with the 49ers to retire as a 49er player, and that's the team that drafted him in the third round, a 2005 draft out of Miami Gosh. and think about that 2005. So we know running backs have short careers. I mean, even think about Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, they need a big bounce back year. And those are yeah. younger running backs still, still trying to keep it going in an and era with less touches for running backs, running the ball, less carries. N- now is the case. Now yeah. like Frank Gore sure. had way more carries and had to carry a bigger load. Absolutely. And, and what, for me, so he had some injury concerns coming out of college. And as a fantasy owner, I always downplayed Frank Gore. I was like, ah, this is probably the year he's going to get hurt. This is probably the year he's going to get hurt. And it just didn't happen. Like, he was so consistent, so healthy, so productive. 
and he finishes as the NFL's third all-time leading rusher, 16,000 yards. That ranks behind Emmitt Smith and Walter Payton. Frank Gore, fourth all-time in yards from scrimmage, fifth all-time in all-purpose yards, and he finishes his career with exactly 100 total touchdowns. And he's also played more games than any other player in NFL history. Um, Is that right? Yeah, he's played more games than any other player in NFL history, 241 games. How about that? So um, it's remarkable, and... People can criticize or, or, you know, downplay those numbers. Well, yeah, of course he has those numbers. He played that long. Yeah, but he played that long. That's the remarkable part. Other other guys would do it if they could, but they don't. They can't. Their bodies can't handle it. Now, maybe Barry Sanders, he retired early. But but to to be in that conversation with Emmitt Smith and and Walter Payton, I put Frank Gore in the Hall of Fame absolutely with those numbers. Um, So congrats on a great, great career, um, Frank Gore. There's your MetaShare moment of the week. MetaShare.com slash unpacking it. Check out if MetaShare is the right fit for you and your family. Been a great fit for, for me and my family. Actually, went to the doctor a couple times last week. Uh, it was great to be able to, hey, here's my MetaShare card. Good good to go. So um, I'm working on my allergies. Feeling a little, feeling a little bit better today. Got to hop better. on the nasal spray. That's right. That's right. Got to get Been it going. A game changer for me. Oh, has it? Okay. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm diving I, into it. I took Zyrtec and Allegra for so many years. Like my body said, yeah, I don't think they work on us anymore. Built a little tolerance. So uh, the Flonase nasal spray has been the game changer for me this past year. They're, okay. Well, that's encouraging. Today was my first day. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see right. how it goes. I've, I'm a lifelong allergy, allergy problem guy. So it's not, <laughs> not great. So, so on Saturday, I was out at the carnival. I've paid for it yesterday. That's for sure. Mm. Um. But I was also the hero. Let's not forget. Let's not. <laughs> we, we, yeah, there we go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's say hello to another hero, Henry, the NMA. It's time for a little tap drill. We got some fun stories to tap around with him, uh, banter around. Let's say hello to Henry. Henry, how are you? What's going on, boys? Good to be here today. And shout out to everybody in the chat. While you guys, you guys were talking about some great topics today from the final four to unpack this. And the chat has been going crazy. So shout out to everybody in the chat room. And if you happen to catch us on chat, feel free to join us, whatever platform you're on. And we will make sure that we'll we'll hit you up and we'll make sure that we'll keep the conversation going. But in the meantime, let's talk tap drill. And boys, there are some other stuff that's going on in the sports world. In particular, I think you know a guy with the red shirt by the name of Tiger. Now we had right. we had a report of Tiger actually being at Augusta. As a matter of fact, if you were on our Facebook page, we talked about Tiger possibly going into the Masters. And then this past weekend, he was actually practicing at the Masters. So it's a game-time decision. But aside from that, guys, there's an ESPN.com article explaining how pro golfers spend tons of money at the gift shop. So, boys, do you like the hats, the shirts, the putters? Have you even been to a Masters? What do you guys like to spend your money on when it comes to golf? Well, it was a fascinating article. I read this about guys that that go to the Masters gift shop and spend thousands of dollars just so that they have exclusive hats and shirts and, and all that kind of thing. 
Now, I have never been to the Masters, but a friend of mine gave me a Masters hat. So I have a Masters hat, but I must say it's like a kind of a goofy old man's hat with a funny uh, backing to it. So it's not, I can't really wear it. And since I've never been, I can't really wear it, but I've got it in the, in the studio or office somewhere in here. Since you've never been, you can't wear it. You won't wear no. master stuff if you haven't been? No, no, that's weak. Wow. Yeah, you got to go. You got to go. But if I had the chance to, I, I, I'm waiting for the invite. So hopefully a listener will invite me or something. I got to get to the masters. Uh, it's not that far away from, from me and Charlotte, a few hours. Um, but if I had the opportunity to go into the gift shop, I'm getting something to hang on the wall in my man cave or in the mm. studio. I like, I like, I'm at that point in my life. I want things that I can hang. So not necessarily where, um, you know, it's fine. Yeah. A couple things here or there, but you've already, you've already kind of hang. filled out your uh, your arsenal of clothing. You got your long sleeve button down, maybe some khakis. You still into <laughs> cargos? You still a cargo guy? I do not have cargos. Okay. No, not cool. a cargo guy. It's fine if you are, but I'm definitely not. <laughs> well, but I did wear maybe not. I fun. did wear jeans with white shoes on Saturday to the carnival. So Ooh, full full nice. dad dad outfit on that one. Were they the yeah. Nike Air Monarchs? The- not quite. There's oh. New Balance, solid white New Balance shoes. <laughs> no, maybe I'll get some golf shoes at the Masters. Some cool, cool shoes in the in the gift shop. What about you, Luke? Well, if you've been a, a, a listener or watcher of this show, you know that I hardly ever uh, am not wearing a hat. So I'm wearing a hat. I'm getting a hat at the Masters gift shop. It's a no brainer for me. Um, it's fascinating that players are forking over that much money to get masters gear that just goes to show the masters isn't a league of its own that's pretty crazy it's hilarious like think about um i don't know lebron pops in my head but he's is he getting nba finals gear like paying for it (laughs) i mean there's no way there's no way yeah oh or or tom brady getting bucks bucks gear like going into a shop to buy bucks gear super bowl winning (laughs) gear super bowl yeah super bowl hat (laughs) <laughs> but, but what's funny is these players, like some of them haven't won, just being there and, and having a memento. And it's so you know, hard to get there as a play, especially yeah. if you're a middle tier, lower tier player to qualify for the Masters. It's almost like you're going as a fan. I, I better take advantage of being here because you can't get you can't get any stuff online. You have to be there. That's I will right. say if you've been to the Masters or you're going one, please invite me. I will go with you and be a great uh, comrade with you. Two, I've been told you have to walk barefoot there because oh. the feeling of the grass is unlike huh. any grass you've ever walked on in your life. I had a guy tell me that, that he walked around barefoot and it was like walking on clouds in heaven. It was wow. amazing, he said. Or what about those goofy uh, shoes that were popular a few years ago that were like that, that made it feel like you were barefoot? Oh, but, like but they had the little worked. toe sleeves? Yeah, like toe. Oh, yeah. yeah, no way. They were, they, those were, were the brutal. worst. Those were the worst. <laughs> no. But oh, yeah, that, that's a good option. I'm not, get those I'm out of here. Not no. with the pine codes. No. No, but, if you're listening, throw those away. Please throw those away. <laughs> with your cargos. With your cargos. <laughs> but, boys, either way, if if the three of us should actually even play on the golf course, Masters or otherwise, I would be honored to be your caddy, so long as you oh. just let me drive the drive the cart. There you go. There you go. I like it. <laughs> All right. Moving on right back to the right back to the final four. Did you happen to catch the Nike tribute video to Coach K? They talked about you can't spell brotherhood without coach without K. You can't you can't spell respect without without K. 
Of course you can. But what did you guys think of the tribute video for Coach K? It was brutal. That That's such a bad video. It got such bad reviews and responses. Like, think of some words that maybe actually have a K in it. Yeah, like none they, of them they, did. No. I mean, that's just such a stupid – it just doesn't even make sense. So – I'm not a big Nike guy, so I, I'm fine criticizing them. I appreciate the you know the love for Coach K, but if you're going to do it, do something that makes a little sense that doesn't create more negativity. Yeah, come on. Maybe that was their goal. A little re- reverse psychology. Let's get people talking about it. But well, that's fair. All right, that's, a, that's I mean a, that could be an option. Theory. Or the only other explanation is not all marketing things land and just chop it up to we're just trying to spray fire throwing darts at a dartboard and whatever lands lands. This was certainly not one of them. (laughs) It was almost laughable. Like, wait, what? Everyone saw through it. So Uh, Nike, you need to do better. It's it's not like, it's also hilarious because it's not like you have to come up with something genius to celebrate coach K just make a thank you coach K post and it will do incredible. True. Yeah. I know. It was just, it was just a funny thing. I, I couldn't believe they did that. All they you really needed, go, yeah, let's run with that. All you really needed was a little montage, a Nike swoosh, and fade to black. That's all you really needed. Yeah. Nike, you could have done better. That's now, right. Right. I like my I like my broadcasters, even though they may have a little skin in the game. I like my broadcasters to be objectionable. But Ooh. then we got my boy Kenny Smith, who's a Brooklyn boy, by the way, who's openly rooting. Carolina Blue. He has no shame in his rooting interest for Canalark to Carolina Blue. So, boys, what did you think of Kenny Smith on the broadcast? Yeah, I watched the post game. I wasn't I wasn't an angry uh, Duke fan that threw my clicker at the TV and, and turned it off. I, I watched a little bit, and actually, it was pretty cool. Grant Hill came out because uh, he's the man; he's the best. But yeah. him and him and Kenny Smith were talking. It was a really great conversation, and actually, overall. Kenny Smith had some really nice things to say, and he, I think he was the one that was talking about how Duke being great elevates the rivalry. Yeah. And, and so th- there's something special about that. But as far as Kenny Smith was, to me, over-the-top rooting for UNC. Like, I'm okay with it. I prefer guys to be genuine, especially when it comes to an alma mater. Like, absolutely root, root for your team. He was probably on the on the verge of being too much, but but I but I respect it. I understand it. I would be the same way. Just like I do the show, I'm a Duke fan. I don't hide from it or you know anything like that. I'm not going to pretend to be some kind of objectionable neutral guy. That's not that's not my strategy. That's not how Bill Simmons is. That's not how Mike Wilbon is. You know, a lot of guys are that way that I follow in in the sports media world. Um, I want to know where they genuinely stand, not pretend. So. We know where Kenny Smith stands. He's made it very evident. The fact that Charles Barkley keeps kind of ripping him for it is great, too. I love that. So <clears throat> I agree with everything you said, but there has to be a line drawn for if you are play-by-play or color, you have to be objective. So watching – I've watched – and we may get into this later, but the, the A&M Xavier game, Fran is – for Shilla, for yep. I don't know how to pronounce the last name – he was so obviously biased towards Xavier. It was making me so upset. I'm watching the game and I'm hearing pro Xavier things every play down the floor. And that is frustrating. But for to be a, uh, in the booth, to go post-game halftime, yeah, we want to see guys be genuine. That's why we love Charles Barkley. He, him talking about Auburn. I think that's great. Uh, Kenny Smith, 
I think what makes Kenny Smith great is because he gives genuine analysis and he'll, he'll acknowledge a team like Duke. He's not rooting against them. He'll, he'll tip his hat, tip his cap towards good play, but he's being genuine. Obviously we know he's rooting for UNC. So yeah, I'm fine if he talks about it. I, I like that when they're genuine, but if it's a play by play or color guy, no, get that out of here. Yeah. There, there really isn't much room for that. Yeah. Like you just got to call the game. I think Grant Hill does a pretty good job. Jay Billis, you know, we'll, we'll see how JJ Redick. Well, I guess it, it won't really matter because he's doing NBA. Yeah. If he sticks to NBA, that shouldn't be an issue. Um, <laughs> speaking of, I saw Jason Williams, Jay Williams. Now uh, he's Jason Williams to me, but Jay Williams, he uh, was after the Duke game. He was really upset. And he was trying to figure out who to root for tonight, UNC or Kansas. And he's wrestling with it. It was kind of a, a weird video and definitely not not safe for work video uh, from Jason Williams. So he's not my favorite analyst. He's the one guy of, of a former Dukey that I'm like, eh. but it was interesting. Yeah. Even as Duke players, you know, he's on the he's on national radio. He's on ESPN. You know, how does he handle that in conversations? He's got a national radio show, all that kind of thing. Everyone knows where he stands with Duke. But then tonight, he's got to you know, be able to talk about the national championship tomorrow. Who does he root for tonight? That, that That's interesting to me as well. So mm. that got me thinking about it. Well, Fran Fraschilla, for people that don't know, is a former St. John's head coach. And so what you're probably hearing, Luke, is his big East bias oh. for, for Xavier. And, and for me personally, because St. John's is in my neck of the woods, we don't really count Xavier as Big East because they're not like a legacy team. They were the teams that they were one of the teams that just kind of came in right afterwards. And we're going to lead right in to Xavier. And um, how are you feeling about your Aggies uh, losing in the NIT? What was your takeaway from that? I'll tell you what. <clears throat> I'm willing to sacrifice that for a Kansas win tonight. And <laughs> but I don't know. I it was I've been trying to think would I have rather AM made the NCAA tournament or make this run in the NIT? And I think the NIT run was worth it. As a fan, I get to watch more games. And I think the NIT run was a is going to be a greater launch pad for next season. I just wanted it for these guys. Um the way they were able to turn the season around was so fun. Um and it, was, it looks like the last time the Garden's going to host the NIT, so it was a big deal. Oh, wow. Which, yeah, what they were talking about. So disappointing they lost, but I w- as selfishly as a sports fan, getting to watch them play four more games was awesome. Yeah, to me, that it depends on where a program is at in their process. And I think for Texas A&M, this is a great launch pad, and I think it was even better than playing in the first four or playing in the first round and losing. Yeah. Uh, th- this gets a more experience that you get used to, to winning than get, getting ready to play again, winning, yeah. and getting ready to play again. And it's experience in tournament basketball situation, right. which, yeah. So, and from, yeah. for people that don't know that the NIT back in the days, they actually used to be the exclusive tournament. It was actually bigger than the tournament that we have today, but the NCAA had their own tournament. They made it big, had the money, and so now the NIT is considered the consolation prize. So um, they are moving out of uh, at, at Madison Square Garden where it has been for decades, and now they're opening it up to other cities and other venues. And one last thing on tap drill. Speaking of leaving, did you hear the rumor about Bruce Arians retiring from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? 
Well, it actually isn't a rumor. This past week, and abruptly, Bruce Arians decided that he wanted to retire from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He left his team to Todd Bowles, who is now the head coach, his hand-picked su- successor, words are hard, and he basically said that he wanted to leave the team in good hands for one of his guys. Now, we all know that Bruce Arians, when it comes to diversity, leads the league in diversity. He has African-American uh, coaches in in uh, important roles. Uh, we have uh, Todd Bowles as a defensive coordinator. We have an African-American as the offensive coordinator and special teams. He's got women on his team as well. But guys, do you buy the reason that he retired or where there's smoke, there's fire? Well, of course, the, 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 the wondering about his relationship with Tom Brady and, and how that factored into all of it. And listen, I think, I think him setting up who he wants as his successor is great. And to give Todd Bowles another opportunity you know, outside of the New York Jets is, is great. And, and the fact that Byron Leftwich didn't take the Jags job and he sticks around as the offensive coordinator. Now, in some ways, I'm not sure Todd Bowles comes in and does he start firing people and get his staff or does he ride with this staff? So that's an interesting thing. But And, and does Tom Brady, he must have approved this because I can't imagine they didn't run that by him. Um, him and Byron Leftwich seem to have a great relationship, so that's probably the, the most important thing. But I buy into Arians and Brady not having a great relationship. And it is interesting because now, you know, what happened with Belichick and Brady – so is Brady the problem? <laughs> you know, it's like, what, what, what about him dealing with head coaches is the issue. But I, just going back to his weird retirement and now this with, with Bruce Arians, they have to be connected. I, I, I don't see any other, other way. And there was one of his former teammates, I think, uh, I can't think of his name, that, that had that kind of report a few weeks ago that there was tension between Arians and Brady. So this seems to to confirm that, even though they won't blatantly say that. I think there's also at play Arians wanted to give Todd Bowles the keys. Megan Arians has been the guy in promoting black coaches, and which is really awesome. And maybe there was some strategy on when he would retire in order for Bowles to be the guy to ensure that. I don't know. I think some of that's at play. Um, but yeah, I don't also, I don't also, I also don't think we have to guess that there's tension because when Brady first came to Tampa, wasn't there tension on how the offense was being run? Yeah. I remember reading they that. They worked it so. out and they, they yeah. worked, they, they got so. on the same page. Um, but if you're Bruce Arians and you got a good shot of winning another Super Bowl, not many coaches bow out of that for, yeah, for sure. Well, maybe he'll um, come back in 40 days. Maybe that's, maybe something's in the water in Tampa. Maybe he's that, not actually retiring. That's right. Maybe Coach K will come back and say, wait a second, we have unfinished business here. No, he's 75. <laughs> but you also got to think Roy Williams, if he knew he had a championship team, do you think he would have he would have retired? No, he would have been back. Roy Williams would have been back if he knew this was going to happen. He could have played Kansas in the championship. Oh, he would have been back. But wow. Hubert Davis is the guy. Hubert Davis maximized this talent. These are the same guys pretty much from last year. Manic was an addition. Um but Hubert Davis got the most out of him, so he deserves the credit. So let me quickly ask back, you this, Bryce. Back to Duke, Carolina. What's let that? Quick, let me quickly ask you this: Do you think Shire now has more pressure on him since Hubert Davis has taken UNC to a title game? The Roy Williams replacement already has tremendous success. Is there even more pressure on Shire to get Duke 
keep Duke at the top? Absolutely. I think there is. Absolutely. There's oh, already yeah. a ton. There's even more. It's going to be really hard. I like Shire. I think I think it's worth giving him a shot at this and and Coach K handpicking him. He must feel like he's he's ready to go. He it's it'll be more of a continuation, kind of with Hubert too, the continuation of what they were already building, uh, especially with this this group. Uh, so Shire has an opportunity. Uh, a few of these guys on Duke, they didn't do enough to me to 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 warrant jumping into the NBA. But these guys always seem to leave earlier than they should. And then they find themselves in the G League and fighting for a spot in the NBA. Whereas yeah. stick around, grow, develop, and and be ready for the NBA is yeah. is what I would <laughs> recommend. But I, I guess if you think you're going to get the millions, they uh, may take that's the risk. what that's what Abaji did but, for KU. He tested the draft last year, came back, and my goodness, has he has his draft yeah. stock risen? So. Absolutely, I think it's I think it's worth worth doing that for sure. All right, Henry, great job, fun tap drill, good questions. Uh, Luke, enjoy the game tonight. Good luck to, to Kansas. Uh, it's going to be a fun one. It is a late game, nine twenty tip. Oof. You gonna you gonna you gonna tape it and then watch it in the morning, or are you gonna be a late it. night sports fan tonight? It's been, March. March has worn me down. I've been staying up late watching. Yeah, you watching have, you're gonna have games. a good slumber in April. A little quick, like a week long hibernation or something. And then just in time for the Masters. Pop on the Masters, you know, yeah. nap through a couple holes. You wake East up Coast and, oh, has got to be the worst region to live in for sports fandom. Too many late games. It's tough. Central is time tough. is where it's at because it's, it's not nice. some of the West Coast games you can stay up for. Yeah, no, you're you're in good shape. So next Monday we'll talk about the Masters. Uh, I actually so I got out of jury, jury duty this week, but I'm like still on the docket potentially for next week. So we'll see. So hopefully next Monday, Lord willing, we will be here to talk about the Masters and uh, we'll. We'll reflect back on this national championship game as well, even though it'll, it'll be a week later. But uh, we'll have some fun with that tomorrow on the show. Uh, Jimmy Dykes uh, from ESPN will break down the, the the championship and get his thoughts on faith and life as well. So looking forward to that. Uh, but thanks everybody for listening today, Duke fans. Cheer up, hang in there, Carolina fans. Enjoy, enjoy the fun. Enjoy a great run. It was impressive. Uh, and as we, we talked about, and as today's devotional is, is written about, the freedom, the peace, the relaxed style that UNC has been able to play with, we, we should live that way. When we're followers of Jesus, we have access to, to the freedom in him, uh, which allows us to live with peace and joy and, and, uh, and just that, that relaxed mentality. We don't have to be uptight and stressed and feel the pressure and the weight of, of sin or this world. Uh, we know our eternity is secure in him. So let's let's live in that freedom. Um, and so praise God for that. For Luke, Henry, I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the game. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, Visit unpackingit.com slash donate.
We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.